Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I am so glad that you have joined us today. If you are a part of our Lighthouse Church family, we would love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Church NC or online at lighthousechurchnc.org. We want to get you plugged into a connect group or on the dream team so that you are doing life together with people just like you. We hope you enjoyed today's message and stay tuned for more announcements at the end of our podcast. Jesus name. Can everybody in your house just say amen and amen. Come on, just touch your neighbor and say you look good. Come on, you're looking good today. Come on, just tell them you're looking good. Go ahead and be seated. Come on, you're looking good. Some people are back there kissing. Come on. Man, X and O and stuff. Wow. Uh, a little bit of my story, uh, you know, again, got a chance to know Josh and Joanne and the boys, uh, hang out a little bit, but uh, on a personal level, uh, my wife and I have uh, been in ministry, well, I'll tell you, we've been married 35 years, and we've been in ministry for 34 years, started as a youth pastor in Tennessee, where I kind of grew up, that's where my little slang, my little southern twang comes from, and uh, we wound up in Canada, in a little small town, 8,000 people. Uh, from t- 1988 till 2001, and then God just supernaturally connected us uh, and brought us down here to Chula Vista. And so we've been here uh, since then. Don't plan on going anywhere. And uh, so uh, we just really believe, I, th- I think I'm going to buy a couple of burial plots down there in Glen Abbey on Bonita and just say, man, we're, we're, we're going to be buried here. Uh, that, that's comforting for me to know that I'm just not planning on going anywhere else. Um, I believe in roots. I really believe that um, if you want to see your life go up in God, you've got to get rooted first. And so you've got to get rooted in relationships. You've got to get rooted in your relationship with Him. Get rooted in the Word of God. And, and the more you go down, the more you're going to go up. Uh, we've seen God do some phenomenal things in our own lives. Again, married 35 years. Tests, challenges, tribulations, that's just like everybody in the room. Great mountaintops, great valleys. But come on, somebody, we still here. Come on, we, come on, how about you? You're still here. Come on, you could get a little bit more excited. You're still here, because I know everybody's got a story. And uh, we've got four kids, uh, two boys, two girls. My wife popped them out on point. A boy, girl, boy, girl, we kind of go. So 32-year-old boy uh, with my son, Michael, with two grandkids in Vegas, two, a boy and a girl, Madison and Major. And I love those names. They're all M's. He married a woman named uh, Mary. So it's Michael, Mary, Madison, and Major. Then our daughter, he works at uh, Best Buy, runs a Best Buy over there, and she works for Amazon. How many know Amazon's taken over the world? And uh, uh, yeah, so we'd love to get him back here to Chula Vista. We'll see if that happens. But again, God's will. Uh, then my daughter is 20, uh, excuse me, 30, almost 31. She turns 31 in, in uh, uh, December. And her and her husband uh, have a daughter together, and he has a daughter from another situation. And so Isabella is actually with her uh, mom and stepdad in London. We miss her, uh, but he's in the Air Force, and so they're over there. And uh, Taylor, so Brittany and Tony are with a granddaughter, Taylor. She hangs out with us all the time. She's just amazing. She's just, uh, uh, Tony's Hispanic, and my daughter's white, white. Come on, can I get an amen? I mean, like white, white. I'm white, but she's white, white. And uh, uh, so they popped out this beautiful little girl, Taylor, and she's just, man, she'll just wrap your heart when you see her long black hair. Come on, she looks like a movie star. And then my son's 25, and he's got one more class at San Diego State. He's a Spanish major, so I always laugh. This white boy born in Canada is going to be a Spanish major. <laughs> Come on. Woo! Come on. I can't even say carne asada. Come on, everybody. <laughs> but I can sure eat it. Uh, and, and then our, our youngest daughter, she's 22. She's at San Diego State. She's on track to be a, a physical therapist, sports medicine, that kind of whole thing. So God's been good to us, man. 
Come on, God's been good. So listen, again, I just want to be real with you. We're going to read a lot, a couple of different scriptures set up this morning. Uh, but whether you look at, you know, social media can kind of mess you up where you look at everybody else's life and everybody else's family and you think they're perfect and the Kardashians or whatever you're following and you go, come on, man. Uh, you, you got to know that not anybody has a perfect life or perfect relationship. And so hopefully during this XO series, this marriage relationship and singleness, you, you've kind of realized that a little bit because Josh and Joanne and the team and, and the panel last week just brought it down from older, you know, people like me. I'm almost, you know, coming close to 60 here in a couple of months. And, and you know, been around, been married, and, and been through lots of different seasons and, and, and want to challenge you. Whatever season you're in, as we were singing this morning, God's going to meet you. And he, he's going to be there. So, so with that in mind, I just want to bring this message to you for the next 30 minutes. Josh said I got 32 minutes, so come on. There's going to be a ding at 32 minutes. The lights are going to go down. We're going to be packed up and out of here. Uh, 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 I want to talk to you just for the next couple of minutes how you can win in every season. Just how you can win in every season. Because seasons, when you look at your life, whether you're single this morning or whether you're dating or whether you're engaged or whether you're newly married or been married a minute, been married longer than a minute, an hour, or whether you're on the other side of it, uh, God's got something to say to us in every season that we're in. Um, uh, four weeks ago tomorrow, there was just a tragedy that happened not too far from here, right off of Santa Barbara's on that Labor Day weekend that there was... A um, bunch of scuba divers that were hanging out on a boat. You know, it was a 75-foot boat, scuba diving boat. And unbeknownst to all of them, except some of the crew, while they were sleeping, the boat went up in flames. I don't remember all the story and the details of how it actually happened. But 34 people actually, while they were sleeping, uh, uh, died of asphyxiation because of the smoke inhalation. And what made matters worse, it was about five of the crew, I think, or so, got off the boat. They couldn't do anything about it, helplessly watching the boat be engulfed in flame and, and then, then actually uh, uh, submerging and, and flipping over. And, and everybody, they, they didn't know if they were, gonna, if they were drowned, or, but they, they actually died. I, I say this, forgive me for saying it this way, thank God they died of asphyxiation rather than being burned alive and then some of them drowning. Uh, uh, but the, the boat was actually on the ocean floor, you know, lots of feet down until they dug it up, you know, weeks ago and, and found out what was actually going on um, uh, when the whole situation. When, when I read stories like that, my, my mind ticks this way. I don't know how, how, how your mind ticks, but my mind ticks this way with a couple of questions would be, you know, what, what will the stories of the crew and survivors be? Those that were there on the boat that jumped off the boat and somebody rescued them, what would their stories be? But then also, what would the stories be of the families that were involved, that, that they had a, a brother or a sister or, or a, a dad or a husband or a wife that, that saved up some cash and going to take this crazy trip off Santa Barbara and going to go scuba diving and see things they've never seen before and then, and then tragedy happens. What, what's the story going to be? And I really think that when we look at our lives and we go through um, uh, uh, different seasons of our life, uh, we, we've got a real choice on, on what our story is going to be. I really think that we can write our story before the story happens. Meaning there's things that you can do in your life to, to a predisposed disposition to set, your up, to set yourself up for success, or I could say it this way, to set yourself up for failure. And, and, and so, you know, beyond that story... You know, what will your story be? A couple of questions, a couple of different people in the room today. You're a single person, you know, and you've crossed the line sexually. You've been sexually active with a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different girls, 
and you're here today and you're going, man, I'm broken, I'm done. I'm, I've had multiple partners, hasn't brought me what I thought it was going to brought me. What's your story going to be from that point on? You're, you're here today and you're a married couple and maybe you're, you're, you're just in that marriage and, and you realized after you say, I do, you're kind of thinking, now I'm done. <laughs> They've changed. They're not the same person. Now, now what am I going to do now? Or you're, you're having kids and, and the kids that you thought were going to be so, so you know, great, they hit that terrible too and they ain't sleeping. They're going crazy and they're, come on, they're, they're puking on everything and they're not sleeping at night and, and you're working through that and then you think, oh, God, we're, we're done with that. Thank God that's over. And then come on somebody, th then they get to be teenagers. Can I get amen up in the room and, and, and so now now all your energy is going to that and, and you and your husband you and your wife you, you start growing apart and, and it was never planned it was it was never thought about but all of a sudden you find yourself just getting more and more distant maybe you're the divorced person in the room and you're wounded and you're scarred and you're hurt and you're bitter over what's happened it could have been a year ago and listen I've been around the block long enough to talk to people it could have been 20 years ago and you're still hurt and you're still wounded and it's still affecting your relationships and what God's got for you today. What's your story going to be? Maybe you're widowed. You know, my, my, my dad died in 2001, too young, 67. My mom was by herself. Man, she kind of freaked us all out. I'm, I'm one of three boys. We're all just a year apart. And, and, and my mom was kind of like the person that we thought that if anything ever happened, she'd just be by herself forever because she's just kind of cool with all that. But, man, doggone it, that woman, when she's like, like, like six, I know, she's 67, 66, she's like 71. She started dating at 71. <laughs> she met this guy named Jerry, and her and Jerry got married. And it freaked me and my brothers out. We were like, this is crazy. But come on. She decided, I'm not going to let this season that ended in a quote-unquote tragedy. He ended his life, or his life was ended early. Uh, when I let this season be the determining factor in my life, I believe God's got something more. Can I get an amen up in the room? But maybe you're widowed, but you're thinking, you know, what am I going to do now? How, how am I going to rebuild my life? And so the question would really be for all of us, will you keep believing? Will you keep hoping? Will you keep trusting? Will you keep doing community and life together with people maybe that seem like everything's together when you could be all by yourself? But will you make up your mind to keep moving forward? Uh, uh, got, we got a couple of notes. I'm a note guy. I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. Uh, uh, Josh is a phenomenal preacher. Uh, I'm more on the teaching side. So I've got some scriptures and some thoughts that are going to be on the screen for you. I just got a thought I want you to just to, to look at behind me here. I guess it's going to be there. Guys, help me out. Uh, that I'm a believer that you can predetermine your position before something tries to move you from your position. You predetermine your position. This is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to believe. This is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let anything move me from this. And so whatever happens in any relationship, whether you're single do I need that? Okay, I don't know. I thought, I thought this was a prophetic thing that said that I'm going to have a dry sermon, and so that that's what that was all about. I'm going to put that bad boy right back there. <laughs> I, I just really believe that in any relationship, you have to make up your mind, no matter what happens, no matter who comes, no matter who leaves, single person, no matter what's with me, no matter what leaves my life, I am going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to stop. So I'm, I'm 
Make up your mind today. Every season, every frustration, every setback, every challenge, no matter what it looks like, I am going to move past this. I'm going to move forward. My marriage is going to change. This thing that happened to me, I opened myself up sexually to, and and I'm not proud of that. That door shut, but I'm not going to let that be the determination what I do for the rest of my life. I've confessed my sin to God. I've made it right as best I can on the man and the woman's side, but I'm going to keep moving forward. Uh, um, uh, Let's open up the Bible. Can we do that this morning? We're a Bible preaching church, aren't we? Uh, uh, look with me the book of uh, Ruth. If you've got your, your Bible, your iPhone, we'll have some scriptures behind me. But Ruth is a phenomenal, phenomenal story. I love Ruth. Check out what Ruth says in chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. We'll read a couple different passages right after that. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Melon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, or like I, I like to call her Oprah. Come on. It just, it just makes me smile when I say Oprah. Orpah and the other married a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Melon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. If some of you all I know, some of you Bible people that have been in church for a while, you're familiar with the story. I don't want to take time to read every single scripture. We'll read a couple of passages in a second. But the story actually says that, that of course, in this time, in this day, in this hour, uh, if you're alone, you've got no husband, you're alone alone. There's no welfare. There's no social services. You're by yourself. You are prey for whoever or whatever comes. It's an awful scenario. It's just, it's just ungodly what was happening back then. And so she just says to, Naomi then says to her two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, she says, y'all are Moabite women. Y'all go back to your country and go back to the people that, you know, raised you and your family. I'm getting home. I'm going back to Bethlehem. I'm I'm going back. And and, and the story then tells this super uh, phenomenal, iconic scripture that if you've been raised in church, Any length of time, you've heard a preacher wax eloquently reading this. Check it out in verse 16 and 17. Ruth replied to Naomi, her mother-in-law, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever you live, I'm going to live. Your people will be my people. Your God is going to be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Right before that, the Bible actually says, as, as Naomi talks to the two ladies and says, y'all go home, Orpah says, I'm out of here. And she goes back. And there was no dissing. There was nothing, nothing wrong. R- Ruth didn't make up her mind that she's some more noble cause or noble person than or- Orpah. But she just simply said, I ain't going back. She said, I'm going with you. Come on, I, 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 I'm in this family thing, and I'm connected with you. And let me tell you what, God's got something for you when you fight to stay connected. 
But if you run off and do your own thing at the first sign of death and destruction and despair and ain't going my way and it's a little bit hard and I'm out of here, you're going to find yourself alone and outside probably the will of God. Because God builds, listen to me, relationally. He builds relationally. And you got to fight to stay connected because the devil hates families, hates marriages, hates when you stay connected with the right people. Can you say amen up in the house today? Yeah. Last scripture, then we'll talk some. She says, or it actually tells us in the text in Ruth 1.22 that Naomi and Ruth, it says this. Now they came in Ruth 1.22. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Uh, the story sets out and talks about that a famine actually drove uh, uh, Elimelech and Naomi with the boys out of uh, Bethlehem and Judah out, out toward Moab. A, a famine did. A famine, of course, you know, a famine back in the day, there's no, there, there's no underground sprinkler system. Uh, you know, if there's a famine, generally what's going on, there's no rain. The crops are dead. The crops are dead. The animals can't eat the crops, and you can't eat the animals. It's a terrible, awful situation. But what I want you to just remind yourself of, again, if you're a Bible person and you read the word at all, you can start in the book of Genesis. There was a famine that happened with a guy named Abraham. There was a famine in the land that actually happened with a son named Isaac. So all throughout the Bible, when you read the Old Testament accounts, famines were natural occurrences because we live in a fallen world. And I'm just trying to tell you today that there's going to be famines, there's going to be tests, there's going to be trials, there's all going to be all kind of things that you don't want to pray for. They're just going to happen because you're living down here in San Diego. There's going to be things that happen in your relationship. You go, where'd that come from? How come that's going on? Or why did I get, why does those doors keep shutting in my life? And you are just living in a time that it might be a famine. Listen, the famine shouldn't prove fatal for you if you've got a future in God. Come on, everybody. I'm going to go with God. I made up my mind. I'm going with God. I'm going to get through this season, season of famine. Uh, difficulties, tests, challenges. Again, James says, count it all joy. Come on. When you're going through a test, trial, tribulation, count it all joy. It's not joy, but move it from that side, that accounting term. Move it from a credit side. Uh, over. I'm, 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 I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to get up. I'm going to shout. I'm going to honor you, God. It might look like famine out there. Can I tell you something? If famine's out there, it don't mean famine's got to move in up here. What I find out with every man and every woman of God that's made it in the Bible through famine, the famine was out there, but the famine never made it in here. And they still believed God. So on the outside, it could be tough right now. On the outside, it looks like things are falling apart. On the outside, it looks like the marriage is distant. On the outside, for a single person, it looks like, who am I, how am I going to find the right spouse? How am I going to get in the right zone with somebody? I made so many bad choices. Don't let what's happening out there and what's happened in your past predicate where you're going in your future. Believe God. Come on, somebody, poke your neighbor and just look at him and say, believe God. Come on, believe God. Believe God. Over in the Old Testament, a lot of these guys and these gals' names, they were really prophetic pictures of who they were. 
So check it out. I think it's interesting when you dig a little bit deeper in the Old Testament Hebrew text and you get a Strong's Concordance or something like that, and they tell you what these words mean. I think it's interesting that Elimelech, come on, he was the dad, he was the husband. Elimelech actually means this, my God is king. That's what it means. My God is king. And Naomi, her name means pleasant and lovely. So this is the mom and the dad. This is the couple. This is, come on, this is the who's who. This is the X and the O. Come on, I, I'm the king. And it's like, it's like Naomi looking at her husband saying, man, you're the king. You're, you're the man. You're, 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 you're ruling. You, I love you. You're my, you're my husband. I'm going to serve you. And he wasn't the domineer and he wasn't, you know, trying to keep her down. And he'd look at her and say, baby, you pleasant. You lovely. Come on, you, come on, you're could I say, you're a brick house. Come on, Commodores. I don't know if I can say it up in church, but, but I said it. Come on, I hope I can come back. Uh, uh, don't text Josh right now. Uh, uh, but, but, but this is how all relationships start. No, nobody wants to marry the person they hate. Nobody wants to marry a person they don't respect. Nobody wants to marry a person where you look at me and go, you are not lovely. You, you don't, you're nothing pleasant for my eye, but I think that's what I have to do. Nobody does that. And, but, but it's interesting, the text, we read it. It's interesting, here's what it said. When they reached Moab, mom, dad, and the two boys, they reached Moab. Here's what it said. They settled there. The next words say, then Elimelech died. Now, I'm going to take scriptural out of context, so forgive me for a second. But I think it's important. I think it's really, I, I, think, it, I think we find ourselves there lots of times Wherever you go and there you settle, you eventually die. And I don't know, and I'm not saying they were in the will of God, they were out of the will of God. I'm not saying the famine got them out of God's place and out of the will of God. I don't know. We'll find out when we go to heaven. But just looking at it from my life and your life, I know a lot of people that the first sign of trouble, they got one thing on mind, run. 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 Job goes a little bit sideways, run. Relationship goes a little bit tense, run. Run. And we never stay, we never work it out. Come on, dear God, we need to be people that work it out. I'm committed to this thing. I've been married 35 years. Come on, we had to have some toe-to-toe -to -toe working it out. And it was her working stuff out of me. Can I get an amen up in the house of my ladies? But I think it's important that we just ask ourselves, you know, where am I going, you know? Now, now, now they, left, he left, they left Bethlehem, and then they went to Moab, and, 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 but it said they settled there, and, and that's where he died. And, and if you, and as a single person, and, and again, just going down this road, you messed up, and you settled in the mess up to say, this is just the way I'm always going to be, you're going to die. Something's going to die in you. And even though you might get married, there will still be that death spirit in you. And you today could be married and, and, and going through it and, and yet not really want to get through it and yet stay, I'm settled here, I'm mad, I'm tore up because of what you did. And, and you bought a boat, and I said, don't buy a boat. And, and, you, and you spent the money, and, and you bought the truck, and, and then you went out and you bought the ring, and, then, and you bought a dog, and, you got a, and you're still carrying all that hurt. And you settle in that hurt, and then you wonder why the marriage is dying. This couple had two sons. They had a son named Melon, a son named Kilion. Melon, check it out. Melon actually means weak and sickly. And Kilion means failing, failing. 
So it says 10 years after they were in, you know, they, they got married 10 years that they were in, in Moab, 10 years away from Bethlehem. Dad died, Elimelech died. 10 years later, Malon dies and, and Killian, Killian dies, leaving Naomi and Ruth and Orpah without men in their lives. Um, let me just stay just a second here. Again, prophetic name, Old Testament. Failing, weak, sickly. It's who they were. Listen to me. People that are dating, people looking to date, if you see character flaws that are weak, sickly, and failing in that person, you better not marry them. You are not going to be able to cure character flaws. Only God can cure character flaws. And so if you think that you're going to come in, and ladies, let me just jump in here, because guys always want to marry up, meaning I want somebody better than me. I married up. Come on, somebody. My girl, let me tell you what, Kimber, she's beautiful. She can sing. She can preach. She can have babies. Come on, somebody. She's amazing. She's crazy. I mean, she's crazy. She just does it all. I definitely married up. But what you're going to see if you're dating and you're in a situation with somebody, <laughs> any kind of little crack when you get married, it's going to be a Grand Canyon. It's going to be a Grand Canyon. And so if you're in that situation right now where you're looking at somebody and you're saying, doggone, I'm dating, I'm dating Killian over here. Don't look at him now. Come on, just look straight. Don't look at him. They might be in the room. Don't be looking at him going... I know some of y'all going to be going, I wonder what their name means in Hebrew. Come on, y'all, y'all going to be, y'all going to be checking it out when you go home. But I'm just saying that, 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 that in every situation, uh, when you look at character, uh, you're going to, you're going to see that the character keeps going down in the direction that it starts. And marriage doesn't heal that. Marriage magnifies it. It'll magnify a generous person. It'll magnify a stingy person. Enough pressure because the devil hates marriage because we're made in the image of God and the two becoming one and one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. So the devil hates it. So he's going to try everything he can do to, to, to mess with you, mess with you. Uh, I, I believe that every season, every season really presents itself with a choice. Again, are we going to go backward? Or am I going to go forward? And again, it's really interesting. I really think that sometimes in all of our lives, we think that, that, that forward just looks too far. It just looks too far, and, or it's just not fair. Why am I in this situation? And how, 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 come, how come it's not working out for me like, like them? And don't, don't, don't play that card. Don't play that poor old me card because the, the, the devil will come and just mess with your head. And, and so you've just got to be the person to say, I, I, don't, I don't care how I got here. I don't care what it looks like right now. I, I've made up my mind that even though it's far, even though it's not fair, I'm going to move out of this situation. I love a scripture over in the book of Hebrews, and it's right in the middle of, of where uh, there's heroes and heroines of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15, here's what it says. I love it. It says, and if truly they had called to mind that country from, from where they come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Check, check that out. Just keep it up for a moment, guys. If, if, they, if these Old Testament people called to mind where they came from, they, they, would have, they would have had opportunity to go back. 
They would have had opportunity to go back, but, but they didn't do it. They just said, God's got something out here in the future for us. And so we're not going to stay in the situation any longer. So listen, if, if you keep thinking about the hurts, the challenges, the pressure, the pain, the enemy will present you with an opportunity to go back. Listen, go back to that computer late at night. Go back to start sending DM. Just DM me, girl. And having, you know, burner accounts. Guys, gals, God's got more for you. Uh, let me kind of bring it down. You're going to play a little piano for me, Dave, huh? Going to play it? Come on. Come on, man. I'll play that piano, man. Let me give you some thoughts. I'm a thought guy. I kind of write some things down. Let me give you three thoughts as we kind of look, look to land the plane this morning. Every relationship, number one, is going to have pain. Would you say that with me? Every relationship will have pain. Y'all aren't talking to me. Come on, talk to me. Every relationship will have pain. Whether it's single, whether it's married, you're going to have pain. So listen to me. Here, here's my thought. Embrace it. Be ready for it. The storm, the setback, the challenge, the difficulty. Embrace it. I, 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 I'm a cyclist. I've been riding a bike for about five years, talking to Joe and talking to Sailor about it a little bit before church. And uh, Pastor Josh is a triathlete. He's my hero. I don't run. I don't swim. I just cycle. But Saturday is always a big ride. Saturday is a hard ride. Yesterday I was solo. I live in East County. Or excuse me, I live down in Chula Vista. But I ride out in East County because it's got some hills. And I know some guys that ride, and all I want to do is ride flat. All I want to do is go from Benita, if you know the area, go to Chula Vista, go out to the, the ferry land in the back. It's about a 40-mile trip. All I want to do, it's 300 feet elevation. That's it. That's it. You might get fast. You might get a little strong. Become a hill? You're going to pop, baby. I'm going I'm to kill you on a hill. I'm going to kill you on a hill. Yeah, I am. I'm going to suck your wheel on a flat. I'm going to kill you on a hill. That's the way we roll down the hood in Chula Vista. That's the way we roll. In November, I, I did a, a, a century, 100 miles. It was a race, a race, not an event really, it was kind of a race in Tucson. Me and a couple guys, and we went over there. And, and it was, they, 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 they told me, the deal is, what you want to do is you want to go 100 miles, and you can't, you no know, stop. No stopping for water, no stopping for eating. So you got you to carry everything in your three pouches. So you got to have two water cages, and you got you, you to gotta, you, you gotta carry water here and water here. And you can have some snacks in the middle, something like that. And, and the key was to try to beat five hours. That's average 20 miles an hour, right? That's, that's the goal. All, all the centuries on certain terrain, about 3,500 feet elevation, you want to beat five hours. And so, man, it was freezing in Tucson. It was just cold. It was just cold. And, and, and I, I embraced. I said, okay, it's going to be painful. This is going to be painful. But I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. And you're with, I was with my group, and then my group wasn't going fast enough, so I had to leave my group. Listen, I'm not talking to you about leaving your spouse, but I'm single people. There's some relationships you've got to leave. You've just got to leave. God's got you want to go faster down the road, but you've got to leave. But some of you think it's going to be too painful because I'm hooked up with this guy, I'm with this girl, whatever. Listen to me. That could be a Killian. That could be a Malon. The weak, the sick, they're going to mess you up, man. They'll keep you going, get you going slow, get you going backwards, get you going on the, on the flat roads all your life. The only place you're really going to see anything is when you get up high up on a mountain. So this, this tour to Tucson last year, November, man, I, I left these guys that I was with, and I, I, I went. I grabbed some other guys, and we, we, we rode for, you know, 100 miles. And 
I didn't know I could do it. But I, I finished the event in four hours and 30 minutes. I averaged 22.8 miles an hour. I, I'm, no, no, please, no, 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 don't be clapping like that. Don't be clapping. No, no, don't be doing it. No, no, no. Because now y'all going to put pressure on Pastor Josh. Do you hear that, Pastor Josh? Do you hear that? Mm. But I embraced the pain. It's going to be pain. My legs were hurting. Listen to me. I can just be real. My butt was hurting. I'm, listen, I'm on the saddle for four and a half hours. No break, no getting off. My lungs were hurting. My mind was lying to me, like some of our minds lie in relationships. Not gonna get better, it's the way it's all gonna be. You, you, you better check out, you better go right now. Better run, 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 run. Every relationship's gonna have pain. Marriage is gonna be some pain. Single, it's gonna be some pain. If you're widowed, gonna be some pain. Can I just say this honestly, as, heart, as, as, as full of heart as I can? You're gonna have to just get over it. There's going to be a pain. There's going to be some pain. Paul said this over in, over in Acts 20, 24. He's talking, grabs all the elders and all the people there in Ephesus, grabs them all together, and he says, y'all ain't going to see my face anymore. This is the last time I'm going to be here. And, and there was a prophet, one of the guys named Agabus, and he grabs Paul's belt, takes it off, binds his hands and his feet. He says, whoever owns this belt, you're going to be bound, go to Jerusalem. Paul gets up after all this, guys. I love Paul. I don't know if y'all read the Bible. I love Apostle Paul. He says this, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. In marriage with your singleness, you got to just get up your mind going, I ain't being moved. I don't know where that came from. Don't do that anymore. Let's not do that. I don't know where that all came from. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take that off the video because that was like really weird. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, check it out, verse 8 and 9. Paul says this, we are hard pressed. Come on, let's read this out loud. Can we, got it? we got it, guys? Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. No? All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We got it? Come on, read it. Can Y'all got it? Read out loud. Come on, one, two, three, read. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Next verse. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hard-pressed on every side. I got trouble with the kids. I got some trouble. Come on, with my spouse. I got some trouble at job, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Come on, every relationship is going to have pain, number one. Number two, write it down. Leave old ways. Just leave old ways. Leave old ways. All three of these guys, <laughs> Elimelech, Malon, Killian, they all died. You know, just you, you got to move past what's dead. Um, dead thoughts, dead emotions, dead feelings, dead desires, dead ambitions. I'm just going to move past what's dead. I'm not going to stay here. Yeah, that was part of our history as a married couple. We, we did that. We, 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 we weathered that storm. Now, that, that's dead to me now. I'm not going to keep bringing that up. That's past. That's dead, buried in the grave, six feet down, put a tombstone on it. I'm not going to revisit it. I'm not going to bring it flowers anymore. We're not going to want to talk about that anymore. It's over. The process of change really is the same for all of us. It's scriptural, it's spiritual, it's, it's natural as well, I really believe. That before you change on the outside, you've got to change on the inside. Ephesians 4, 22-24. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which is created 
according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Three process, threefold process for everybody in the room. He says this, number one, put off the old man. Put off the old man. I put off the old man. That old man, that old woman, that old thought. I'm going to be renewed, number two, in the spirit of my mind. Be renewed in how I think, how I think. And now I'm going to put on that new man. This is who I really am. This is who I really am. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I love my wife. I love my spouse. I love my kids. I provide for them. I'm not angry. That's the old man. I, come on, I'll find out who I am. I'm not lustful. I'm not greedy. I'm not longing. I'm not selfish. I'm a new man. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that off. That's that old guy. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to put that guy on every day. I'm going to put the new man on every single day. Process of change process of change. Ruth says crazy stuff. Ruth says, I'm not staying here anymore. Ruth says, don't ask me to leave. Where you go, I'm going. Your God's going to be my God. Where you bur- I'm going to be buried. I am leaving Moab. I'm coming to Bethlehem. I am going to keep moving. I'm not staying here anymore. Can I get an amen in the room? Yeah, yeah. Man, seasons, I've been married, like I said, 35 years, and man, I, all kind of seasons, seasons of moving from Tennessee to outside Sacramento, seasons moving from outside Sacramento up to Canada. I brought my wife to Canada. Listen, I brought my wife to Canada when, when, when we had a 16-month-old baby, a boy, and Michael, and she was six months pregnant with my daughter. Moved her up there to pastor a church with 25 people. Couldn't pay us no money. And we said, God's in it. Thank God, man, I got a woman to follow me to hell with a squirt gun. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this woman's amazing. She's amazing. But you got to leave. You got you to leave stuff. You got to change. And then even when we moved down here to, to San Diego, people, that they didn't get it. They, even just relationally, they didn't get it. Why are you leaving? That's why. Well, God's got something else. Some of you, again, single people. I just sense spiritual. Come on. Let me, just, let me just dig a second in you single people. Let me just prophesy. Just not thus say it the Lord. Let me just talk to you. You got to leave some stuff in your life right now. They're chaining you, they're holding you, they're imprisoning you. And you call it freedom, but you're really in prison. So listen to me. The quicker you say, I'm shutting that jail cell and I'm not going back any longer. God's gonna show you the right door. He will never show you the right door until you close the wrong door. When you do that, God's going to open up. Thirdly, real quick, listen. Every relationship's going to have pain. Leave old ways. Thirdly, listen, follow the bread. Follow the bread. Follow the bread. What do you mean by that, Pastor Gary? Naomi heard, the scripture says, we read it. Naomi heard there was bread back in Judah. It actually says this. It was the beginning of the barley harvest. It was the beginning of the barley harvest. Just the beginning. But there was bread back in Bethlehem. So Naomi gets Ruth, and she's clinging to her. She's not leaving, and they go back to, uh, they go back to Bethlehem. It, it, come on, some of y'all Bible people in the room, y'all know this. Bethlehem actually means the house of bread. The house of bread. Now, what we know scripturally is, is that bread is a type of word of God, right? It's a type of word of God. We know that. I love what Jeremiah chapter 15, 16 says. It actually says this. Your words were found and I did eat them. Your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
The Word is bread. The Word is what really satisfies you. The Word is what will fill your life with purpose and meaning. If you're wondering this morning, saying, I, I really can't hear God. God I, I, he's really far away and I'm really, really so distant. Can I tell you something? The closer you get to the written word is the closer you're going to start hearing the spoken word of God. God's word is God's voice. So when you open up the word of God, he's going to start talking to you about all kinds of things. Things in your life personally. Things that have happened to you, he's going to bring healing to you, restoration to you. David says in the book of Psalms, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Come on, and a light to my path. You're going to, you're going to enlighten my feet right now, right where I'm at. You're going to show me some stuff, but you're going to give me direction in my marriage and my singleness. You're going to, you're going to, I, I'm widowed. You're going to give me direction on what to do. I don't know exactly what to do, but if you're led, Naomi, God, you're faithful. We sang it today. To your promises they're yes and amen if you're faithful to them you're going to be faithful to me if you ever bless them you're going to bless me if you took care of them you're going to take care of me come on god's got hope for you in every season no matter where you're at this morning no matter what it looks like this morning listen to me there's hope and there's faith i believe that's rising in your heart that you don't have to sink on the bottom of the ocean and it be over that God can actually resurrect your life as a single person or resurrect your marriage and speak vision and dream into you again do you believe it this morning come on somebody say amen and amen and amen come on bow your head would you do that if this message has blessed your life I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.